Hello, fellow travelers. This is David Woods, your host and trusted guide. Welcome to our little fellowship as we gather to discuss the Christian life in a post-Christian world. We are broadcasting from Babylon with love. Well, my friends, we are back. We are back from what, I don't know if it's felt like a long summer. I feel like I just recorded a farewell for the last season <laughs> like two weeks ago. Um, but we are entering, embarking on season five of the little podcast that could. I am joined perennially by my co-host, Mrs. Laura Hashimov. Laura, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? It's good to be back. Good to engage in some normal rhythms um, after a season of just sort of floating. It's good to <laughs> it's good to re have some re-entry in August, making it happen. Laura, tell the people what's it like having nine weeks of vacation. It's pretty great, guys. <laughs> I would recommend it if you're sort of in a career where you think, "Why am I here?" and you maybe I could be an educator. Ask more questions. <laughs> Oh, man. We always feel a little guilty uh, coming back this way, acknowledging the reality of most human life, which is uh, they don't get summers. That's a kid's thing. Um, But it's also a a teacher thing. In in America. Okay, fair enough. If we were uh, a little Frenchy, um, (laughs) we'd get... How much would we get? I don't know. I always hear exorbitant numbers that can't be true. (laughs) (laughs) In my head, they just get two to three months a year, but that could be a lot. My uh, my wife Lisa wants so bad for us to go to uh, to Paris and to uh, the French countryside and 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 to live that life. Uh, I feel like I feel like if I did that, I feel like if I did that for too long a vacation, I might not come back. I yeah, feel like I could adjust to it quick. Yeah, the expat <laughs> life, it could happen. I love the expat life. I love the idea of the expat life. Yeah, I like being. I was telling Jordan this the other day. I love being along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Like I love not really knowing what's going on, not being great at whatever we're doing, yeah. and, but being with someone who both knows and or is great at it. And I'm along for the ride. That's how I feel about this podcast, <laughs> David Woods. People okay, are asking well, me, someone's what, steer. what's happening? And oh, I'm no. like, you know, David knows. Great question. He'll David text knows. me the day yeah. before. We're supposed to do something. 9 a.m. tomorrow. Oh, Great. Oh, my soul. Okay. Well, look, there's little pockets of time in our lives. Mm-hmm. As much vacation time as there may seem to be. Uh, you know, still got busy lives. Still got family. Um, we want to just do a little catch-up. A little catch-up, especially because you and I did not get to do a closer last right. season. So a little catch-up on maybe what we've been up to over the summer. What summer look like? Um and uh, and then maybe a little bit about maybe what we read or didn't get quite get to read. So just a little uh, just a little slow entry, mm-hmm. I feel like just a little on ramp here. Um, in the past, Laura, you have jet setted, you have Hawaii'd, you yeah. have Baku'd, yeah. Um, and so so I don't know. I mean, like, uh, surely you went somewhere this summer. This seems to be your thing. Well, Ohio, Ohio, <laughs> yes, and and Michigan. Okay, the um, heart of the heart of America. And also Kauai. Okay. So one was a little more exciting, um, but it was great to go to Ohio and Michigan, see some old friends for a wedding, see some family, um, and then Kauai was nice for its other reasons, mostly because it feels like you're in Jurassic Park. Oh, that's right. Um, and so that was beautiful and wonderful. Boy, and 
tell me a little bit about Ohio. Is that someplace you've been? <laughs> a lot? Tell me just like first time. First time. First time. Uh, first it was time, lovely. Last time. No, first time. It was lovely. Can't wait. It was yeah. so green. It was so green. Okay, no, that's true. So I grew up a little bit in Connecticut for the the teenage years of life, and it is astonishingly green in most places in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are not used to that. No. Um, except that we did have the crazy rains and the super bloom stuff. But even still, everything's back. To it's brown, gone. Yeah. Right. It's gone pretty fast. So, um, so incredibly green. Is it super humid? How was how was how are we things? We we hit the calm before the storm. So oh. we were there the perfect week. You know, 75, lovely. Um, it's a, it's a, a state with a lot of pride. What does that mean? Like every They're sign proud like, welcome of to Ohio, so- you're yeah. welcome. Uh-huh. And you're welcome chanting O-H. They just chant. I-O at the wedding. I've never met a, a more proud state. They state at the wedding. Like, I, I, I anticipate that sort of energy from a Texas or That's something. That's a Texas vibe. But, no, it's actually Ohio. O-H. I-O. I-O. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and really fierce, really fierce sports loyalties. Okay, yes, that I couldn't the relate to. Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, then the like the oh, Bengals you? versus the Browns. Okay, yeah. The so yeah, Cincinnati learned divide. learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but did you <laughs> experienced a lot? Experienced a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, and then yeah, but I mean, I would ten out of ten recommend uh, Kauai, but not recommend Kauai because Kauai. Oh my it gosh. is so quiet. That I don't really want you to go there, but you, you should know about okay, it. Okay, well, and the crazy things going on with Maui right now, right? Crazy things. Um, so recovering after this fire. Yes. Crazy. And then there's those, all these reports about people in Maui being like nervous that a bunch of wealthy people are going to buy up the space and yeah. like, build their own like super gentrified new little. That seems uh, like American a valid outlet. fear. <laughs> that seems valid. You haven't seen that before, have you? No, never. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh my word. So well, okay. What about you? Did you? Okay. What was what was your summertime like? Summertime was pretty chill. You and I both went to Michigan for a little. Uh, what do we got? A teacher's soiree, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. We had good people with us. That was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, that was at the beginning of the summer, which always feels good. I've, we've talked about this before. Getting away early mm-hmm. makes you feel like you don't have to pack things in. You, you did something. Yep. yep. Um, so everything else is a bonus. One of the things I got to do uh, is I got to go to San Francisco a couple weeks ago. Maybe it's a few weeks now. Um, and and it was just uh, some pastoral training stuff. There's some house church crew up there um, that are doing that do some church training stuff. Uh, guys I connected with this last year or so. Um, and so I got to cruise up and kind of crash with these pastors. And um, I got to stay at one of their houses. An incredible, beautiful family that five children. Mm. Um, and it was it was wild and beautiful and in downtown. They were in Bayview, which is okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and they you previously had lived in the Tenderloin, so like they're okay. they're in it to win it, mm-hmm. and they are and they're doing the Lord's work in that place and committed to it and training pastors and doing house churches and all the things. Uh, they're the crew that Francis Chan started like about ten years ago. Okay. Um, so I stayed with with a couple with a, with a brother there and his family. Super super gracious. Um, got to hang out for this training stuff, got to go into, uh, do some, some street ministry in the Tenderloin, um, which was, which was humbling and, uh, and encouraging, uh, honestly, Mm. I've shared in other contexts about this already, but, um, it was the kind of thing that's like, not that hard, you Mm -hmm. know, once you're Mm -hmm. actually there and then you're kind of embarrassed that you don't 
think that way or do that sort of thing when you're actually at your home turf. Right. Um, so I've been processing that, been talking to some people about about that, about how focused I felt when I was on this trip and how like embarrassed or humbled I felt returning and being like, I don't see Orange County that way. Okay. Y- like, uh, you know, there's just this huge contrast of, mm-hmm. of kind of like where my head and heart was at when I was like on like ministry you yeah. know, watch or whatever. Um, versus like coming into San Juan Capistrano and seeing like the homeless people in our town and like I haven't like walked up and prayed for them like I did people in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that hard to do, Laura. Yeah. So I've, I've been kind of wrestling with this, processing this is probably a better word, but it mostly just like trying to learn from what the Lord has for me in that. Um, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like a vacation, but it was really nice. It felt real. It felt refreshing to my spirit in some way. I had really good talks. Lisa was awesome and, and was watching the babies while I was away. But we had some good chats on the phone uh, while I was up there just about where I would like really want to be at, you know, with the Lord and how I was hoping could kind of keep hold of some of the things that I was feeling there. Not over the top, nothing impulsive, just like the good Christian life we're supposed to be living, just focused. Um, right. So I've been kind of coming in that space a little bit. But I would say it had been 20 years since I've been to San Francisco. Wow. And, you know, everyone, especially in, in uh, Repablo, uh, Orange County, is like, you know, that's, you know, that's the end of the world. That's, that's the hellscapes of, of the liberal uh, governments or whatever. Um, and I used to dream um, of going to San Francisco and planting a church. Hmm. Like mm-hmm. I literally told Lisa that when we were dating and she thought like that was going to happen. Yeah. And she feels cruelly uh, disappointed <laughs> that, that we are still exactly <laughs> where she grew up. Um, so I've always had this real like affinity in, in a lot of ways. I also was always a 49ers fan and stuff. If you want to go back to the sports, the Ohio vibe for a second. Yeah. Um, but I was always like, somehow, I don't know, I always felt really connected to San Francisco. And so it was interesting 20 years later being there, um, not having been called to do ministry there, but all of a sudden knowing people who have been there for that whole time doing ministry. Um, so it was good. It was, it was uh, the, only, the kind of thing you could only do in the summer. So it counted as like a summer vacation trip thing. But it felt a little more focused and um, brought some more introspection um, than maybe a typical trip would have for me. So, so that was cool. Um, I also got to have a little time to like do a little more reading and stuff um, when I was away, uh, both when we were in Michigan and in San Francisco. Um, so I was able to kind of get through a handful of books that were on some lists somewhere. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so maybe we could, maybe we could flip it over to what our summer reading looked like. Um, we're always caveating. Uh, we realize people don't get to do this, uh, (laughs) very often, uh, to have summers to do things like read. Um, but we also like to talk about what we've read, recommend things. People are interested, especially if they're super busy, uh, in maybe getting some pointers or direction. It would be good to take if we found something that we really enjoyed True. so if we were turning over to the summer reads Laura, yeah yeah where are we at with that how did you do with the, um, the summer reading summer reads it was a, a lot of non-fiction this summer um desiring currently now just to read only novels after a lot of non-fiction <laughs> uh but it was really great i think um something a book i read i don't know if i've ever read this i say i reread but i don't 
I don't know if it's a reread for me. I can't remember. Um, but preparing for this school year, uh, read Mere Christianity oh, right. by C.S. Lewis, if you've heard of him. <laughs> um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, surprised at, you know, just how it still hits and brings up good questions and very excited to discuss it with students. I think it'll bring forward, um, yeah, just really interesting questions, concerns uh, about ethics and morality and where it comes from um, and maybe some of those those deeper cravings of the human heart. Um, Book Club, we read through the new Wendell Berry collection, The Need to Be Whole. I need to say I haven't finished it yet. It's like a, it's a big, it's a tome. It is a tome. So I think I got like a hundred pages left. Don't know if I'll get to those hundred pages. Um, really interesting. Um, people have hot takes on it left and right, but, um, just a really interesting look at the civil war and the way that that has affected, um, the, the, his home state and his family. Um, Wendell Berry talking about his Ooh, am I going to get this right? His grandfather, I believe. Yeah, probably. Grandfather was a slave owner. Um, and so talking about that um, and how Kentucky did not pick a side in the Civil War. So lots of things I didn't know. Um, and then, as always, he's beating the, his favorite drums about the need to belong to a community, to a place, um, to stay in a place for a long time, and to do good work and the value of manual labor. Um so the things he loves. <laughs> well, and you and I have talked about that theme at least a couple times, um, just belonging or staying. And we live in a, I don't know if you'd describe Orange County as transient. I mean, it's not mm. like, we don't have a, like a lot of colleges. It's not like right. that. But the exorbitant cost of living mm-hmm. makes the experience feel transient. People seem to be shifting apartments, houses, rentals. All right, the time. All the time. And, uh, and moving out of state uh, quite often yeah. lately. So. Was there anything, was it just sort of like more of the same kind of thing? Was there, not that that's bad, but was there anything that you were like, huh, I haven't really thought of it that way when it comes to like belonging or place? Or was it familiar themes just sort of being? I would say for me personally, it's familiar themes being uh, rediscussed. However, it was good to discuss it in a book club setting. Mm. We had fairly small turnouts because it's quite a, quite a book and it's summer but um, one of our book club we did two meetings about it and in one of them I think we had five or six people and three of them were people who had been born and raised in a different country um, oh, wow. and so that was really interesting just and to try to talk through the practical what does it mean to live locally in a global world what does it mean to um, how does how do we process like the practicalities of of our life together um, like it's nice to, to think through like I'm going to live hyper locally and only buy from, but in reality, how do we actually do that? Um, and then it was good to talk to people who have come from other countries um, and especially for them to talk to each other about processing through what that feels like. Um, maybe some of the, the feelings of the questions or the guilt or the wondering, how do I bring my family along with me or my culture along with me? So it was, it was helpful to talk about in practicalities um, but also it in, instills a good bit of guilt in most people when you read, uh, <laughs> yeah, just about like how you should be focused on community and not looking to get out of it. And I don't know. So it's good reflections to talk about with people. Otherwise you can kind of read it and think, 
either you'll read it and it'll just sort of depart from you um, or you'll read it and feel bad. Well, yeah, you just Wendell juked me. I was like, oh, I could be yeah. an expat in Paris. Well, I was. Yeah, yeah, that is sort of oh, the, no. the opposite of what you normally <laughs> preach. But I think we all think that way, right? Like it's kind of human to be like, I would be a totally different, different place. With it would a different be so amazing if we were eating local French foods. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even like... Yeah, and it, one of the things we did in Kauai is we toured this organic farm. Let's go. Um, with these guys who just sort of bought bought a plot of land and um, started growing hundreds of kinds of trees and sort of, you know, lived in a yurt sort of energy um, and, like, don't wear shoes. And it, there is something of, like, and he said, I just wanted to spend a year knowing where my food came from and, like, how to feed myself. And that was 15 years ago. Um, but that there is like, I think there's that energy in most of us, right? Of like, mm. man, I'm reliant on a system that I don't understand. I got to break free, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I definitely have that strain in me. I will not act upon it in a, in a substantial way, but um, I will do my farmer's market produce every Saturday. And it's been great. <laughs> the watermelons from a farmer's market, Tastes like they're supposed to taste. The I was tomatoes say, what taste is, like they're supposed What even to. is in season right now? Oh, can you tell me? David Woods. Please. Watermelon. <laughs> tomatoes. Okay. Corn. Corn. Lots of beans. Is corn ever out of season? Um, I mean, in California, everything's always in season. Know, but like confusing. the true... Corn actually comes and goes. Tomatoes are here all year long because people just, you know, grow them in a greenhouse. But the corn is here. The corn is here. Um, also, the, the peppers are coming. They're on their way. The peaches, the nectarines. That's really where you want to be. The stone fruit okay. is where you want to be right now. I love it. It's not citrus season. It's stone fruit season. season. It's stone fruit season. I could go on about this a lot. We've got pumpkins accidentally. Come, not accidentally. They, I believe my wife and children planted some seeds maybe over a year ago. Oh, yeah. And out of nowhere, yeah. they emerged. And now they're like taking over the front like uh, area. We've got just yeah. like little pumpkins popping. Good. Good. It's yeah. time. I mean, it's perfect time. Yeah. You got it's Kids are excited. Yeah. Fall is falls around the corner. So, yeah. So, um, there's my little Wendell Berry diatribe. I understand if you read the new Wendell Berry book and you, uh, are frustrated by a number of things he says, um, in terms of race and reconciliation, et cetera, I get it. I'm happy to talk to you about it, but, um, not really worth diving into on this that Quick the, overview uh, of the pod. The, the realm of the hot takes you were talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not connected enough because I haven't read this text. Don't so. worry about it. If you okay. read it, you know. And if you're you know, like, you, know. you. there's moments where you. I started to get sort of sweating a little bit being like, is he saying? He, surely he's not saying. Oh. And then he never says it. So you're like, phew. He doesn't actually. But you're like, I always get worried that, you know, we're so used to the world of pundits and people like... You make assumptions about people. And what yeah, I appreciate yeah. about Wendell Berry is you can you can assume nothing because he is like a Southern progressive, which is right. not a voice you hear very right. often. Um, and so I always assume like, oh, I'm about to hear him say this. Oh, he doesn't say it. Oh, I'm about to hear him say that. Oh, he doesn't say it. So That's interesting. Occupying a, an unusual yeah. ground like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned, though, mere Christianity. And I know... You, you, it's a text you're going to be teaching this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a text that like many people are familiar with, but probably haven't read maybe, or haven't read in a long time. Yeah. Um, you would say, I think you said this in passing, but you would say totally worth a revisit. Totally worth a revisit. Like surprising fresh in certain ways. Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, some of his, I mean, as we discovered with the four loves, right. There's some things he says in it where you think, well, that didn't, 
hold up super well about gender or whatever. Um, and there's maybe a, a moment or two of that in mere Christianity, but no, I would say overall, it's still very solid about, um, the fact that we all yearn for this sense of justice and what is that? Mm. Where does that come from? Um, how are there things that broadly throughout history we've all sort of agreed on our no-nos? Um, and like the danger of saying, oh, it's just cultural or like and how that kind of falls flat. Um, and then, you know, as always, he's got this sort of winsome folksy stories. Um, so I would say definitely worth the reread. Um, yeah, I think I think there's something to be gained from it. And especially if you're like me and you're like, I think I've read it or you've heard it talked about okay, so much. That, that was what I was thinking. I think yeah. everyone feels kind of like that. Yeah. I have it in my shelf somewhere. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I read it. Yeah. Um, but worth a revisit. Yeah. Worth uh, especially as an adult. Uh-huh. We, so. uh, in our little, our church's book club, we have been doing uh, The Four Loves and the Great Divorce. Oh, lovely. Um, and so, and for the same thing, like a lot of people, oh, pretty sure I read this years ago. Mm-hmm. Or I kind of remember this. And yet, uh, for those who've been able to, to tackle it with our little crew, it's just super fresh and helpful yes and, i mean it's just it's bright and vivid in all the ways that he's so good like you said at illustrating or at depicting or at uh just a perfectly balanced sentence yeah <laughs> he's just a great writer yes sentences. he's just an excellent writer excellent writer so that's been a joy um i know we t- i joke around with the kids here cs lewis is obviously the patron saint of the school yeah because uh, they have to read so much lewis but really that's not a bad thing at no all. <laughs> if you're gonna read so much of it yeah. um okay so that's a lot i mean you didn't oh, get well, all the way through uh, the berry but that's just the is that just the that's start? just the beginning okay i mean there's other things i don't need to oh okay uh was it a reread of digital minimalism okay yeah which i would recommend reading every other year cal just, newport just keep it in the rotation yeah i mean i did it for a class my my husband was leading so um but there yeah just thinking through how we use our technology um what sort of habits we're building with it um and how most of us use technology in ways we wish we didn't um and then trying to make sort of our reality hit our ideal um tell me something that's changed about your practice because <laughs> because because your husband uh, ha- did teach like yeah. a class through it right yeah and so it's like you were familiar with it probably had read it before yeah. talked to him a lot about it but uh-huh. then all of a sudden it's kind of like the book club thing it's all of a sudden it's like in the context of right. other people knowing that you're kind of like and are we in this together are we going to fall through a certain thing what happened anything nothing I mean, it's it's not dramatic it's not where i would want it to be okay um I think I, you know, I feel worse about it not being where I want it to be. <laughs> um, A year of guilt reading. Um, and let's think. I have put a time limit on my email, like on my app, on my email. What does that mean? Like I'm allowed like 10 minutes a day or whatever because I was annoyed that I was compl- uh, constantly refreshing my email, oh. especially in summer. Like yeah, what yeah. am I doing? Oh, what am I doing? Um, and so I put a time limit on that, which I ignore about a dozen times a day. (laughs) Um, but so that's something I'm thinking about how to do better this school year, especially of like doing the Cal Newport thing of checking your email like twice a day, right? like setting spaces and zones. Um, yeah, I don't know. Things, things come and go with, with success, but I also think we're trying to be a little bit more intentional in our home about like we're going to watch something watch something and not just have constant yammering in the background yeah yeah um or 
yeah, like just trying to adopt some healthier habits there. There's still a number of things I would like to do that I do not do. Um, I would love to like have an hour in the morning where I don't look at my phone, um, which my husband does very well. I do not do that, um, but maybe someday. Someday. When you're <laughs> wiser someday. Uh, but anyway, you should read it. It's actually a very encouraging, very practical book. It's, it's a, just yeah. It just comes to your face of like, you're you're right, you're right. I don't do that. I would like to do that. I would rather do this. Digital um, minimalism, Cal Newport. Digital minimalism, Cal Newport. Uh, oh, the other big success story is uh, for a little book club. I'm in a, a number of book clubs. Um, for a little book club amongst some faculty and staff here at Pacifica, we finished Eleanor Stump's Wandering in the Darkness. Wow. Uh, a Another theodicy. Tome. <laughs> tome. I mean, I don't even know. Six, weighty, five or six hundred pages of a, a deep philosophical work about whether or not a good God can allow suffering. Um, it was very, very good. I can't even, don't even ask me questions about it. I can't summarize it. I would recommend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you've got a crew to read it with, I would recommend, especially her chapters on Job. Okay. That bring up uh, such interesting questions as, does God have care for the devil? She Ooh. posits he does. Um, and so God is still, to this day, attempting to build a bridge because God loves all his created beings. Wow. It's wild. Ooh, there's a little <laughs> teaser. That's fun. Yeah, so okay. that is interesting. Her thoughts, <laughs> I, I disagreed with some, th- like we, you know, some of her interpretations of scripture were harder to chew on than others, but some were really fascinating. Um, so she uses the narrative, uh, five or six narratives in the Bible to show um, how suffering is not antagonistic to God's good purposes loving purposes in our lives. So that was huge. That was something I've been reading for nine months, but we finished it. Um, That's an accomplishment. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And, and from all from all parties that I've heard involved, uh, worth it. Um, Definitely worth it. But yeah. I don't think I would recommend reading it alone. That's interesting and, and important. There are different ways to read certain things. Yeah, it was helpful to read it. Read, um, with, a f- with, read with friends. Especially with someone who has a PhD in philosophy. That was helpful. Hooray. Um, novels. I'm just going to keep going. Go. <laughs> novels. Mansfield Park. Not Jane Austen's best. <laughs> not your favorite. No. I love co- that you said it is not her best. Our coworker, Der- uh, Dr. Balmer's favorite. Loved it. I think, I feel like he was just being antagonistic and I've told him that to his you face. You pronounced. Because I said, I don't, I'm not, not, not a fan of it. Best. And then he said, it's my favorite. It's my favorite. <laughs> and I said, what? He loves Test of the Dubervilles, and you were like, "Nope." Well, I've never even read that one. I just oh, saw the BBC miniseries and shoot. went, "Nope." Um, but who it's knows? Got a bit of the dark sadness, yeah. Um, so read Mansfield Park. Okay, Mansfield um, Park, Jane Austen. Read oh, read the Mysterious Benedict Society for a great like eleven-year-old chapter book read. Was that fun? So fun. So fun. And so that, fun. They made that into a show, right? Yes, they did. Okay, have you Starring seen the show? Starring Buster Bluth. Any good? I watched the first episode or two, but I do not have Disney Plus. So, you know how it yep, goes. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, I think those are the things really worth mentoring, mentioning. Currently reading a non-summer book, which is Wintering by Catherine May. I love the title. Or Kathleen May. Catherine, Kathleen. Anyway, so it's about um, the seasons, uh, how we need seasons to 
pull back, to winter, to hunker down, uh, uh, process grief and suffering, et cetera, uh, et cetera, which I feel like I is what I do in summer. So <laughs> it was an appropriate read, even though she's talking all about I can see that. You searching for the northern disappear. lights. You definitely disappear. Yeah. So she's like hunting for the northern lights and things, and I'm like, you know, in the heat of summer. But yeah. it, uh, I'm really loving that one, too. So... There's more, but I've been talking too long about books. No, um, I love it. That sounds like a good full, well, not even all the things, but sounds like a good full summer. So if, many things. Um, a- any others you'd like to throw out as a recommend, like, hey, this is worth, this is, you know, I will say this. Uh, mm. My wife, Lisa, finished Cloud Cuckoo Land. <gasps> oh, did she cry? She was like, thank you, Laura because <laughs> you had lent that to her, at, I don't know, maybe a year ago. And she. It's a tome. It is a tome. And she's a mom of three and has like no extra time and she still finished it and she loved it. Yeah, it's a good one because it hops around between five or six different characters. So you could do like five pages and get a chapter, and get a chunk. Boy, uh, that's your boy, All the Light We uh, Cannot See. Uh, yeah, that is Anthony Dewar. Dewar. And it was, it's a complex, I recommend that book to everybody. Yeah. Um, I just started it a little while ago, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm early days. But I'll have to ask Lisa if she cried. I cried at the end. Ugh. She was definitely in a place. So, I mean, it definitely oh, hit. Oh, man. It hit. Um, she loved it. And Great. One, she was like, you got to read this, and then proceeded to almost tell me the entire thing. Right? <laughs> so that's how much she was like, definitely feeling it. So still recommend Cloud Cuckoo Land. Um, let's see. Okay. On my side of the fence, a couple uh, Christian land books. There's a good book called Testimony by John Ward. Uh, had been mm, recommended to I me don't by know my one. pastor, John Hallowell. Um, yeah, called Testimony. Uh, you know, it's like a genre now, rise and fall of evangelical life. Um, I and don't know about that. That can be tiring <laughs> to some. Um, <laughs> I love it uh, <laughs> um, for for certain reasons. But I also just appreciate stories from, from inside, growing up certain ways right. and sticking with the Lord, especially stories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and not just like, oh, I can't believe this guy did this thing. But yeah. Like, um, to that yeah. point, I started listening to the Beth Moore memoir yes it was too intense couldn't do I it couldn't do it so okay. it's on my list because i finished it you finished it yeah oh like is it should i ago. should i have pushed through <sighs> it was hard well it's really audiobook because you're just like it's her it's her well That's i would tough. recommend the audiobook but it's also tough because you it's can't skip a page tough. uh what'd you think it's great okay it's tough yeah yeah and it gets tougher um depending on how far you got but um it's really good. And she's super gracious uh, for what it's worth about the the evangelical dumpster fire. She's super gracious about it. Yeah. Does not need to be, has every right to right. Uh, spend a little more time. And it occupies like a chapter amongst many mm. of like, and then everyone around me for 20 years lied, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, no, I would highly recommend Beth Moore. Okay. It's called All My Knotted Up Life. Yeah. Um, she's a great writer. And uh, yeah, the audiobook she does read it herself, which is good. Unbelievable. Tough. Um, I think those books are really important, but they are not easy. And uh, I think I told, I said the same thing to, to Lisa. I was like, oh, you should, but you know, like, Oof, yeah. let me know when you do. Um, so really good. Uh, big fan of Beth Moore. Uh, and her, her faithfulness to the Lord. Uh, and, but yeah, you know what, you know, what was more surprising. So I knew like SBC land, I knew sort of evangelical land and what it, what it had 
done um, and how brutal it had been, especially in particular as a woman um, in that world um, for ages, uh, navigating that space. Uh, but what I didn't know was her, well, I didn't know her growing up life, which is what a lot of it is about in the beginning, um, her home life uh, as a kid. Um, which is where some of the real tough sledding comes. But I didn't know anything about her her challenges that her husband went through. Yeah, I've heard that from a few people. And that w- that occupies a good portion on the sort of second mm. half of the book. And, you know, there's a similar vibe. Uh, Stanley Hauerwas, one of the great theologians, uh, still kicking. Uh, Stanley Hauerwas wrote a book, his memoir, called Hannah's Child, which is an amazingly good book. Um but has an incredibly like difficult like wrestling with his first wife and her like mental illness wow. and, like stuff you would just never know mm-hmm. like you would see this person writing books and giving talks and mm-hmm. lectures and then they have this life they're going this actual to, life yeah. that they go home to and are dealing with all the time and it just reminds you like oh yeah like the more questions you ask of anybody the more yeah. unbelievably challenging life is for people mm-hmm. full stop so that was the vibe with Beth Moore. It was like in the midst of whatever on Twitter and like yeah. tr- church Christian land stuff, uh, she's got this like challenging life. At mm-hmm. home. And, and again, it's really gracious how she writes about it, but you, you know, you just get a real appreciation for how an ordinary faithful life is full of difficulties. Probably goes really well with the themes and things you guys were discussing with the stump book. I would imagine just like, yeah suffering and the faithful christian like suffering yeah. and the life of with god suffering and how to find god in the dark um so not easy stuff but because of uh i mean like with Hauerwas, but because of beth's sort of like i don't know lighter spirit um right it's offset by a lot of good humor mm-hmm. and, and things that are not as serious and so there is a pacing to it that gets you through but there are a couple tough sections um, just as a heads up. Um, yeah. So highly recommend testimony by John Ward, uh, all my knotted up life by Beth Moore. I also read the, uh, or listened to, um, I don't want to claim something. I, didn't do. <laughs> I listened to a lot of books. I listened to, uh, the biography of Tim Keller by Colin Hanson. Oh yeah. Which is like what you would have thought. It's like yeah. the gospel coalition guy, you know, yeah. like putting together a narrative of, of, of one of the few really sort of noble, and effective um, Christian ministers or public intellectuals mm. that we've had in a long time, mm-hmm. and one of the last. And so, yeah, losing Keller this last year is one of the one of the biggest losses. I mean, I, he's had a, a Lewis type impact on at least the American church in yeah. a way that I think most people don't even really appreciate. But if you're especially in pastor land, there was like a season, and it was years long, in which literally every church plant every sermon like everyone was just imitating keller for yeah. years and i don't know anybody that's had that kind of like effect mm-hmm. that got into the water at a time in which people were not super clear on the gospel were not super clear like why church and like what should we even be up to a certain thing i mean and again just like the there's like a generation that followed sort of his release of things like reason for god and his all his work in church planning, which he had been working on for decades, it has affected pretty much any church and any pastor you'll ever meet. Like yeah. at this point, which is it's just a remarkable yeah. impact. Um, and thankfully, 
he was actually a good dude and was faithful and Mm -hmm. was like a true inspiration for that reason. So it's a very, it's a loving, it's a very sweet, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of biography kind of thing. And it brings in a couple things that people do not, did not know uh, that would have been worthy uh, to take some time with. So that's Tim Keller by Colin Hansen. I've been listening to a lot of Tim Keller this summer. I, I think for me personally, besides Pat, uh, for pastors, I don't know personally. Um, he is the most formative theologian for me. Yeah. I think when in between like 18 and 25, I was just like all the Tim Keller sermons. And that's when you had to pay two bucks a pop for them. Yeah. They're now all free on the website if you didn't know that. Um, I didn't know that. That's wild. Yeah. So a couple of months before he died, they made them all free, but somebody said there's a generous donation or something like that. Um, but so I've been listening through his series on the book of John. Um, I'm doing for women's ministry, the book of Ephesians. So I've been listening through to that. Um, and just, yeah, I just so impressed, um, by hearing, I mean, I'm so grateful that we have this resource to have this voice still with us. And then just thinking of him as a teacher and like as a research guy, um, yeah, it's just like, wow. This is every 30 to 40 minute sermon is a gold mine of five other things to read or things to th- or questions to ask. So it's good to good to hear that the biography stood the test as well. Yeah. Again, it's it's not some hard hitting expose or whatever. No. But what's great about a life that's just sort of faithful and honest is there isn't a lot to to like yeah. dig up you know like it's a simple a simple I, story that's what's the most refreshing thing in the world like he's influenced people who have gone you know in one direction or another direction that kind of thing but like you said his just on the ground thinking things through the value of a pastor who really studies and puts the work into what he's gonna say yeah is something that is increasingly a lost uh, part of the calling and that's why it became sort of funny and then sad that everyone was sort of just like uh, imitating and riffing off him yeah. instead of doing their own work. So there was kind of like this oversteer. It was like, it's so good. It's like you read this book and you're like, I can't help but quote all of it. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I don't know what to do. And pastors would literally have to like not listen to him for seasons as they yeah. were working on sermons because it's too hard to, to not like follow, you know, or yeah. imitate or copy. And so, so yeah, I, I, same way. I mean, when I went to uh, Ireland and uh, I think I was 22, um, I had got a hold of some, oh man, they would have been not tapes. I'm not that old, but they, they were like MP3s. Probably. Yeah, they, they were. And I, I don't know how I had them on a CD, but I, I found, I don't even know how this happened, but I found or, you know, some file. And there was an MP3 file. And I listened to it. This was be right before I got on the plane. Like a week before I was going to Ireland. And I heard like a sermon by, by Keller. And I was just like, what did I just hear? Like, yeah. That was amazing. I was feeling called to ministry. I was kind of in that space anyway. And I heard a sermon on, you know, whatever. Uh, but obviously any Keller sermon is a gospel sermon. So I heard the gospel. And then I was like, what is this? Looked it up. I don't know how much I spent, but I bought a lot of those two dollars yeah. and twenty-five cents. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Totally worth it. I was totally like happy it. to support the ministry. Yeah. I, I loved everything they were doing. Uh, series on Genesis. Series. On, I mean, like anything you could think. Oh of. yeah, Esther. Oh my gosh. Sexuality. Everything was, great. Everything was, was just great. Yeah. And so I took with me like uh, like a, a suitcase basically of Keller sermons to Ireland, and 
it felt like I was like reconverted. It felt like I was like saved all over. Praise the Lord. It was really amazing. And it was just the right time in my life to be like, oh my gosh, this is the gospel. And this is exciting. And this is bigger than I Mm -hmm. had kind of felt my Christianity to be, which was so familiar to me. It just had this, this just, there was an exciting big world out there. And it wasn't, um, yeah, it just wasn't small. Like my own sort of thoughts were small. It was so, such a great moment. And so, yeah, I mean, everyone's story with Keller is very similar, <laughs> which is great. I mean, that's the faithfulness of the Lord, you know, yeah. and the faithfulness of a of an ordinary person in so many ways. Mm-hmm. So um, that leads us maybe to our, our closing kind of uh, reflections, at least okay. as far as this episode goes. Um, the last and most recent book that I listened to was a book called How to Be Unlucky by Joshua Gibbs. Joshua Gibbs, the classical educator who you and I read a lot of blog posts by. I love Joshua Gibbs. Yeah. And I don't always agree with him, but I'm always like, ah, he's probably right. He's Um, thinking differently. I just love everything about what he's up to. First, I love that he has a lane. And he's like, I am a classical teacher. This is what I do, right? Mm -hmm. Like in the world of like, I'm a brand and I can do 17 things. He's like, this is what I do. And when I write, I'm writing from the perspective almost always as a teacher. Yep. Um, It's a hugely uh, helpful thing when someone like knows what they're called to, is really interested and excited to just like work the field in that corner Mm -hmm. of their calling. I just love that. Yeah. I love that. Like you just want to get better and better at what you have been called to do. Obviously, Mm -hmm. as teachers, it's also really inspiring and helpful. Um, so and he's wildly uninterested in certain things. <laughs> and I love that. And I love that. He'll I just like, that. he'll dismiss. Uh, I, I forget what it was. I think it was, um, was it just TikTok? And he's like, there's no reason to be on it. And then he just like <laughs> writes a whole thing and he's like, don't even, don't even think about it. It's not worth it. And I just love that. Like it's just, hard to, it's hard to disagree. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. But I love, yes. He's like, does this matter? No. I love a man or woman who knows their own mind because they yep. really thought something through. Mm-hmm. Agree or disagree, there's something there to agree or disagree with. Yep. And I feel like so much of us are like, the impulse is just to be like, oh, I don't know. What do you think? Oh, okay. Yeah. And just kind of like float through ideas and not uh-huh. like stick to anything too hard because you don't want to like, I don't know, have to defend it or something, you know. Uh, I love that he is not like that at all, that he has very strong opinions about things that seem well-reasoned and yep. born from experience. Okay, so I this book has been out for years. Um, it's not like this is hot off the press. Like, Yeah. I And I think maybe just the title, How to Be Unlucky, I didn't know what it was. Me neither. The subtitle, what is it, something about uh, pursuing uh, virtue? Or Reflections something? on the Pursuit of Virtue. Okay, so neither of those things really grabs me. Uh, I mean, How to Be Unlucky just sounds like a, that's a clever title for something. Mm-hmm. Um, but Reflections on the Pursuit of Virtue does not sound like super exciting to me. And I think that was what was the wonderful surprise is that's like the point. Yeah. So you and I opened our last season going through glittering vices with uh, the lady herself. And and that has so much traction. Like people yeah. were like, oh, man, the episode on envy. And right. Yeah. Like, categories vice vice, man categories descriptions right Uh it was like oh i see myself oh i see my heart oh i see things about me in there so he's writing this book and yes vice is everywhere but the whole point of this book is like how to be a good person how do you live a good life and And why should i and why and what's the point because Mm -hmm. and this is so spot on as an educator but also just as an adult and as a parent (laughs) this is so spot on yeah we are obsessed with our children and our students being good and not being bad 
mm-hmm. of doing the right thing, of turning to a life that's, you know, categorically, you know, moral versus immoral or whatever, right? Yeah. And and we teach and we talk and we, you know, our our vision statements and all our stuff is around this virtuous life. Um, how do you live a virtuous life? That is that is what we're all about. What is wild and what this book like really hit me was we don't talk about what that actually looks like for grownups. Like Mm -hmm. I realized as I was listening to this book and I've like listened to it about four times now, which is very rare for me. I'm like the one and done next. Um, And I was like, I got to keep listening to this because I realized, and you know, at 40, which I know is old to some and not old at all to others. But at 40, I was like, there is not a clear vision or inspiring path to what it looks like to continue to grow in goodness as mm. a man or mm-hmm. a woman um, into later adulthood. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, it's all about, well, teach your kids this or make sure it's all about sort of behavior stuff um, when it comes to young people or students. Oh, I hope they yeah. make it. But it's like, make it to what, you know? And so, like, there's something. I hit a couple things. This is going to sound very strange, but I <laughs> watched a two hour interview with Shia LaBeouf earlier in the summer. Shia LaBeouf. Which, you know, <laughs> this guy is all over the map, but like, and he was, tr- you know, uh, in trouble for some horrible things and abusing a girlfriend and all sorts of terrible things. He did this interview uh, on Real Ones with the guy who plays Punisher in that show. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Is, Keep this going. This is totally Hashimov's lane right now. <coughs> um, to our interview, I don't know. I mean, Christian podcast, but um, one of the best things I've seen in a long time. It was just like, it was like hearing someone sort of dealing with themselves in a way uh-huh. that was not just like what our culture does, which is like confession so I can get back to my career, right? Yeah. Or like therapeutic, banal therapeutic language mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. I can kind of just honestly just ameliorate your concerns about me. Um, I'm doing the work, you know, yeah. kind of stuff. This was like someone who had encounters with God and the reality of their own soul mm-hmm. and was just like talking it through mm-hmm. in a, I mean, there's a lot of swears, you know, there's a lot of stuff. That, yeah. You know, maybe like, too publicly. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But it was wildly refreshing and it was bizarrely encouraging. Okay. And I'm going to go one step further. It was remarkably inspiring. Okay. okay. Now, now I... <laughs> inspired by Shia LaBeouf. I am LaBeouf. not. And my wife would say, well, you've always liked Shia LaBeouf. And I'm like, you know, it's sort of like a love-hate <laughs> thing. Um, From even Stevens? But, <laughs> but like, okay. But th- something happened to me. So I saw this interview and I was like, what the heck did I just see? Why did I spend two hours seeing it? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not like someone who struggles with the, the kinds of things he struggled with. I didn't, you know, by the grace of God, like, those were not my sins, you know, like whatever, right? But hearing a young man who's not that young, he's actually probably pretty much about my age, trying to figure out like, what are we doing? Like, what, yeah. what are we literally doing with our lives? Well, yeah, who's sort of, he's experienced sort of a King Solomon kind of like, I've got it all. I got I lots everything. of money. Yeah. I've got it. I'm famous. And now what? Uh, okay. And so he was just talking through a very Ecclesiastes like, this is everything I've been up to and it's everything. And this is why, and this is what it did. And this is what, whatever. And, and now he's like, 
trying to discern or he's he's been called by god to deal with the reality of that lie of those lies right interesting and then deal with like what does it mean to be a good person what does it mean to even be a man what does it mean to be anything Mm -hmm. um and i don't know if it's like the age thing or what but that thing did something and i (laughs) like brought this up at a book club and i was like i don't know if anybody was tracking what i was saying but i was just like all right just bear with me, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> a lot of eyes rolled out of the window. But, um, but that interview did something. And then strangely, accidentally, or coincidentally, a week later, I'm listening to How to Be Unlucky. And I'm like, these things go together. And I'm like, interesting. I am excited by the idea of actually having um, an inspiring vision of what it means to be a good man in mm-hmm. my adult years um, who isn't just trying to teach my children or students how to be not bad. Yeah. And it did. I'm just telling you. So I got on this and I was like, Laura, we got to like we got. please." Yeah. Um, and I want to. So we're going to open this season um, sort of doing what we did last season and kind of. Um, having episodes on chapters of this book, How to Be Unlucky. And I get that not everyone listening to this is a teacher. And so, you know, the, some of those stories are going to be whatever. And I get that not everyone listening to this is a man. <laughs> and hopefully we all have uh, capacious enough imaginations to still understand human and lived experience and things like this. You and I are going to tackle this book, How to Be Unlucky. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it really does pair well with we talked about vice. We talked about, you know, we had a lot of traction with glittering vices. I talked to people who, who did like their own book clubs around it and would listen. They would read a chapter. They would listen to a, one of yeah. our episodes and then they would talk about wow. it. Wow. It's amazing. And, which was very humbling. Shout out um, to those folks. Yeah. God bless. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. I hope that was worth the time. I, I assume because of the book it was. But um, so I know it had like some kind of real play with people to talk about those things but I'm, st- I'm like i want more of of the good i want more of like what does it look like to be pursuing yeah. goodness and not just telling people that's what we're all supposed to do but like what does it actually look like and what does it feel like and how do you like i don't want to feel like oh i survived my adolescence and yeah. i'm still a christian so i guess that's that now we just sort of like hang around for a bit mm-hmm. um and try not to do anything bad you know? <laughs> Like there's just something Don't mess it up. impoverished about a vision of what I'm calling sort of like Christian adulthood or just mature Christian goodness. I don't even know if that's the right phrase, but I was just taken with it. It was inspiring. I was like, I need to listen to this again. I need to read this. I need to do all these things. So I'm on my fourth listen through. Wow. That's amazing. I know. And I'm not saying anybody else needs to do that, but it did something in me. I was like, nobody's writing these kinds of books about how to like pursue goodness as a grown up. Yeah. Well, and as he I've uh listeners, I've only read the first chapter so far. So I'm with you on the journey of it, a new book, but he even brings up in the first chapter not to spoil anything, but it's like how do we correlate the fact that um our righteousness before God is as filthy rags with the fact that should we be growing in virtue? And if we're growing in virtue, are we no longer reliant on Christ's, you know, salvation for us? Are we going in arrogance? Are we and like that sort of tension, which is a, a real thing. It's a real thing. We have all these like baked in theological or at least churchy, like short circuits mm-hmm. that that keep us from, I think, 
getting excited or imaginative about what is a good life what does that mean yeah um and it just defaults to like behaviorism stuff and like Mm -hmm. don't do that and and then it's usually like hey younger children don't do that you know yeah Um, or it results to sort of a stagnant yeah a a stagnant moral life it's like a holding pattern it's like okay i just need to not sin as badly Mm -hmm. or something and then i must be okay and keep going to church and so yeah it's it's doing something in my spirit i hope you guys will be down for the ride um we're gonna recommend if you're interested pick up uh he reads the audiobook which is great um but also laura's got the physical book i can see right there uh, how to be unlucky by joshua gibbs we're going to be tackling that uh to kick off our our sort of first uh our first series for the season season five um and i we should probably put the bookmark in right around there yeah should, should probably, okay so yeah. summer we're back fall fall i'm just gonna say fall is upon us it's happening it's happening it's happening it's autumnal um <laughs> i told laura she has an autumnal voice uh, yeah it's very calming we're gonna have many thoughts <laughs> about <laughs> virtue like I, there's why probably, be good <laughs> like an asmr of you just like saying like what seasonal fruits are in you know <laughs> i feel like that would that be. actually i would love that podcast <laughs> Just wandering around the market. <laughs> totally. Like a uh, live where you're carrying like a little. Wow. Bird. What a dream. Oh, the pastry today at the French bakery involves apricot. I would totally listen to this. <laughs> that would make me want to go to Paris. Okay. So uh, my friends, uh, welcome to season five. Thank you so much for uh, being a part of this. Uh, we'd so appreciate uh, your your attention, your time. Um, really? Yes. It's very a, much. It's embarrassing that anybody takes the time, but, <laughs> but we're happy to have an excuse to keep having these conversations. So uh, pick up How to Be Unlucky by Joshua Gibbs uh, if you want to join us for that series as a, a read-along sort of thing. It's going to be a wild ride. going to be a wild ride. Always, There's always plenty of hot takes and strong opinions with Mr. Gibbs, and uh, we will do our best to uh, to have our own. I feel like occasionally, Laura, you have a super hot take. I do have hot takes. I'm not. I don't know how many of them I'm willing to state on the air, <laughs> but <laughs> I've got a lot. Well, give me. Okay, could we close like this? You usually have a theme for the new year. I or, think it might be the same theme as last year. I can't remember line. last year's theme. Yeah, um, this year's uh, is I'm a finite creature. I'm a finite creature. Inspired by the Kelly Capek book, You're Only Human. I'm a finite creature. I'm a finite creature. I got to sleep. I got to eat. There's things I cannot do. I will never be able to do. Um, And God made me that way. Fascinating. And there's things Adam and Eve couldn't do. So, you know, but pre-fall. So anyway, so that's the theme for the years. I'm a finite creature. And uh, the modern world wants you to believe that you can do whatever you want, whenever you want, and with the right technology or medication, it's all going to work out just fine and you'll never die. And I'm a finite creature. We are finite creatures. My friends, hold on. That's the hottest take we've ever <laughs> here. Uh, God bless you. Welcome to season five. We'll hope to, uh, we'll hope, we hope uh, that you'll be joining us for, for this How to Be Unlucky series. Uh, but wherever you are, uh, be well. Be good. Be good. Be well, be good. Be well, be good. <laughs>